if I start, I have to finish. So that was going into it. I knew that was what I was going to do by hook or by crook, I would finish it. And then the other thing that I, I did kind of commit to myself was that I would not walk this run. So no matter what happens, even if I have to slow down, even if I have to jog, I will not walk. I will do everything else but walk. This is The Metal Set. Hi, this is Dawn, an ultra cyclist and sports PR specialist. And I'm Afshan, an endurance athlete and journalist. And we're on a quest to bring you stories of tenacity, courage, and metal. From athletes in the Middle East and beyond. If you have been following our bonus episodes, you know that I was preparing for and now have run my very first marathon in Lebanon, which was on November 13th. After having interviewed the organizers of the Beirut International Marathon and my coach Rob Foster for our podcast, Don decided to put me in the hot seat to find out more about my training and how it all went. It took me a while to process all my emotions after the race and chatting with her was a great reflection of my progress in the sport and my achievement. It also makes me very grateful for all the things that my body is capable of enduring. I hope you enjoy this episode. And if it makes even one of you non-runners try the sport out, my job here is done. Running a marathon as a result will be the icing on the cake. So let's get into it. Hello, hello. Here we are. Hello. So today we are interviewing you about your Beirut Marathon accomplishments, which took place on the 13th of November. Yeah, yeah, almost a month. Yeah, has it been a month now? Almost. Almost. And I have purposely not asked you anything about the marathon because I know we were going to talk about it on the podcast. And this will be a good recap. Coincidentally, Dawn, we actually received our official photographs today. Perfect. (laughs) All 7,000 of them. So I think the entire team I went with is now sifting through 7,000 photographs to try and find themselves in that gallery. Oh, it's a big gallery, just like you have a look Yes, through. and okay, you cannot really search for it with your bib number. So seven, oh, wow. all 7,000 of them. Hopefully we'll find the right one by the time this is published. We'll find a photo of <laughs> yeah. you somewhere. The first thing I wanted to ask you is, and sorry for listeners, we've already done two bonus episodes on the Beirut Marathon. You interviewed Francois Nahme, who is from the organizing committee about the Beirut Marathon. And then your coach Rob as well about the training, which I was getting some ideas about, like maybe... I will try for a marathon at some point, but then maybe I won't. (laughs) Today, we're going to talk to you. And again, I don't even know how this all came about. So I think that's probably a good point to start. Why a marathon? Because you were cycling. And why this marathon? (laughs) I only got into running, I want to say around November, December of last year. So just around a year back. And I just wanted to see whether I liked it. So up until then, my coach will attest to this, that I kept saying that I hated running. I don't want to do it. I used to do CrossFit and every time they would have like a warm up, which was a run, I would avoid it. So I approached my coach and I said, let's try this out. I'm of the mindset that don't say no until you've tried it out. 
So I didn't want to go around saying I hate it just because I thought it would be hard and, you know, I just didn't want to do it. So I slowly started, you know, kind of we built up to some sort of like running pace for me as a newbie. Uh, but in Jan, unfortunately, I had a setback. I broke my collarbone in a cycling accident during a race. And so running pretty much took a backseat while I was recovering. And then earlier this year, around, I want to say around April, I challenged myself to a 21K. And it went well. I liked it. So I was like, okay, you know, maybe I can continue. And sometime in the future, I will consider a marathon. Sorry, when was that 20? Sorry, what was that 21K? Like so we, uh, the endurance club that I am a part of does something called 50-50-50 into the dark, right. where we cycle for 50 kilometers, we run for 50 kilometers, and then get back on our bike and do another 50 kilometers on the bike, right? Right. Because I was a new runner, I did not do 50 kilometers, which is an ultra distance. You can't really go from zero to ultra. I decided to do 21 kilometers that night. It went pretty well for me. So I continued running. And this is all thanks to my coach, Rob Foster, who has built me up pretty well to be a runner. And so I then decided, okay, you know, at some point I will try to do a marathon. But I also knew that I did not want to do one in the UAE only because I live here and seeing that running was something that came around after a lot of like hesitation, mm -hmm. I just didn't want to run the streets of the UAE. Yeah. So I decided it had to be some other country so that, you know, I could experience the country while running. And then I think I was sitting with a couple of my mates over dinner one night and they were talking about the Beirut Marathon. And I had never been to Lebanon before and it seemed quite appealing to me. And I was like, yeah, why not? And this was like three months out. And I was like, I don't know what I'm getting into, but we will figure it out. So it so would have been what, September or August you decided? Yeah, to yeah. Around August, I had taken a break from endurance over the summer. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't training at all. And then in August, I decided to do the Beirut Marathon. Yeah. So you were, I know you were cycling throughout the summer. So you were, were you not running at all in the summer? I was doing short five or six K, very casual runs, nothing structured. So I would just go out to Kite Beach and just hit the run track there and just go by feel really absolutely no structure to it. But I think that's what helped quite a lot. So over the summer, I because I wasn't training, I didn't have any structure. I was just enjoying the activities I was doing. Nice. Yeah. So I was running for the fun of it, cycling for the fun of it. And so when I got back into it, I didn't have any pressure. Right. So August, you sign up and then talk me through kind of how training started from August, because for those of you who don't know, August here, I avoided any type of outdoor activity over the summer here because it is just oppressively hot. So what was your training like? How kind of did you build up to that distance in about three months, I guess? Yeah, right? it's always a gradual build. I fairly fit, so I didn't really need anything drastic. It was a slow build up. It was around, I think, three or four runs during the week with cycling as recovery, actually, from the runs. And each run was very different to the other. There were short runs, there were sprints, there were long runs. 
And some runs on tempo or threshold, which is basically the maximum energy you can put out in like 30 minutes of running, really. So it was a mixture of that. And then the long runs just started getting longer and longer as we moved closer to the marathon, really. But of course, it was all a mix because every run has its purpose. And if you go back to the bonus episode that we did with my coach, Rob Foster, you'll understand what the purpose of every run or every, you know, kind of sort of run is. And absolutely every two weeks or three weeks, we had a kind of a recovery week as well, because that is equally important. Running is a very taxing sport, especially if you're a new runner and you're not used to the the miles, you can get run down very quickly. Well, I've seen how tired you were on occasion. (laughs) (laughs) So I can attest to that. And I mean, I, you know, just being a cyclist, I don't know if I could even run 3K now, to be honest with you. Like, it just seems like such a, I know it's possible, but I don't want to, (laughs) I don't want to do it. But I guess one of the things, so I used to run, you know that, but never Mm. like a super long distance, maybe a 13K was the longest I've ever done. And um, I used to focus on kind of getting a good time for a 5K or a 10K. And I remember sometimes I'd have a run and it would feel amazing. You know, I'd have like a PB on my time. And then two days later, it'd be the worst run of my life, you know? (laughs) And did you have that during training? Like what you feel really, really good, fresh, fast. And then like a couple of days later or a week later, it's like, am I even making progress here? Did you ever experience that? Absolutely. I had very high highs and extreme lows because you think you're doing really well and then, you know, you kind of hit this obstacle where nothing's working out for you. And I, I it, it wasn't even a day. It would sometimes be a week. Mm-hmm. And it helps sometimes to have a coach in this case because yeah. they can put it into perspective for you. I'm very communicative with my coach. So even on the good days, I would communicate with him. And on the bad days, I would absolutely make sure that I would communicate with him. (laughs) And so I would then take his feedback. I would tell him like it didn't go well. He would, you know, ask me a series of questions as to why I thought it didn't go well before he would assess. Obviously, you know, he can see my training, right? Like he can see what I've done on the day. So even before he would assess how it went, he would ask me why I thought why it went good or bad. And then, you know, he would always have constructive feedback, really. And he would tell me or he would probably explain to me why it may have not gone as planned. For Rob, my coach, it would never be a bad run. You know, it was always, oh, you know, this could have been better, but this wasn't a bad run. So a lot of the times I would train on perceived exertion is what it's called. So you're not given paces, you're just given numbers on a scale of 1 to 10. You assess, so if your coach has asked you to run at a 7, you assess what that 7 is. You assess what that 10 is. It's your perceived exertion. You can cheat on this because what They're is all pers- tens, all yeah. tens, Rob. Every single exactly. one of the <laughs> But you have to be on like in on this scale. I mean, it's a good thing and a bad thing. On this scale, you need to be really honest with yourself. Yeah. But it also gives you space on a day where you haven't slept well, you haven't eaten well, you've got work stresses, 
obviously your seven won't be the same as the seven when you had slept well, eaten well, and you know, kind of you don't have any work stress. Yeah. So it allows you to kind of be a little relaxed with yourself in that case. So about three months of training and overall, how was training? You know, like, was it enjoyable overall? Because I know there's the good days and then there's the bad days. But like, one of the things I love about when I'm training for a race is the whole journey of it, the whole yeah. experience. And I look back when you cross the finish line, you're like, oh, it's all over, you know. But like, just looking back on the training leading up to the event, like, how was it overall? Yeah, it's true. You know, when when you cross the finish line, you're like, oh, okay, it's all over. But then within a day, you sign up for something else. Of course. <laughs> because you then remember how fun the journey was. I think overall, the journey was quite overwhelming. I think when I signed up for a marathon, I didn't realize how taxing it would be physically and mentally. Mm-hmm. Also because obviously we have other priorities in life. It's yeah. not just the marathon, right, that you're doing. I'm very glad that it disciplined me quite a bit. I hardly missed training sessions because I was so committed to the goal. So it made me very goal oriented. It brought me closer to the run community that I was running with. You know, I made better and more friendships through it. The journey itself was obviously through summer. So it was a lot of early mornings, lots of running in humidity Mm -hmm. and heat lots of blisters. But, you know, I mean, I don't think I would swap it for anything because it also taught me so much about myself, about my limits, about my boundaries and how I can push through them. So I absolutely love the journey. Amazing. So Beirut, there's quite a few of you going, right? Yes. From your team. Yes. Talk me through the two days leading up to the race. Were you nervous? Were you excited? Yeah. Before uh, the race? So I obviously decided to go a few days before the marathon. I just don't like for any race for that matter. I just don't like landing up and doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know a lot of people do it and I can't wrap my head around that. So I flew in two days prior to the race and the main purpose of that was to relax and unwind and see the city, experience the city a little bit. Saw you guys going on the party bus, but it wasn't exactly a party bus. (laughs) Yeah, it was was a (laughs) very unconventional party bus of marathoners who had to sleep really early, (laughs) eat really well. Which, uh, you know, I mean, there's no dearth of like really good food in Lebanon as most people know so that was the focus really like try and sleep try to get as much rest as possible try to be in a good mood really like Mm -hmm. you know do whatever you can to be in like a good stress-free environment so morning of the 13th of november what time did it start 6 a.m 6 20 so you're standing there at the start line and there was i guess a few of you there right yeah were you talking to them or were you completely like in your own? Were you just like, you don't exist? La 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 la. <laughs> no. So the thing is, we actually ran to the venue. We were staying really close to the start point and we had to do a warm up anyways. So it was the dead of night, pretty much. And so I think we were already like, you know, getting a bit psyched and the, the run was a good you know, start for us. Get your nerves out of it. Get the nerves out of the way. Yeah, a little bit. Not really, but 
kind of. So we get to the start point and we still have a lot of time. I think we had like around 40 minutes to go before we had to actually assemble at the start. As a group, we decided to do some, you know, kind of warm up drills, you know, just maybe eat, fuel a little bit before we start, you know, have just feel the energy of everyone else. You know, there was so much going on. It was like a village of marathoners. So I guess we were just trying to like hype each other up and it it was quite fun. I think the start was quite fun, really. Yeah, I was just trying to clear my head and go like, you know, whatever happens, I'm going to finish this race. There's no other option. So, yeah. Was that your mantra like at the start, like whatever happens, I'm going to finish this? Or did you yeah. have kind of a, any other intentions that you well, said? Well, yeah, that was my mantra. Like I just with anything really like. If I start, I have to finish. So that was going into it. I knew that was what I was going to do by hook or by crook. I would finish it. And then the other thing that I I did kind of commit to myself was that I would not walk this run. So no matter what happens, even if I have to slow down, even if I have to jog, I will not walk. I will do everything else but walk. Those were the two things that I kind of like committed for myself mm-hmm. and, you know, thought that, that that's what would see me through really so 620 you start talk me through the race how was it so you know we start I'm running with a friend of mine she and I ran the entire thing together and bless her she ran with a broken toe that's not Najla yeah but I think she had decided to run with me she's a much faster runner but she decided to run with me because she knew that she couldn't run the pace that she would want to with a broken toe so she was like you know I might as well see you to the finish line so we ran together she kept me honest because what tends to happen and I'm guilty of this in most of my runs I go out very fast Mm-hmm. And I had set paces for myself with the help of my coach so that I would not burn out quickly and that I could like endure the entire race and uh, hopefully hit a time that I was targeting. So, you know, for a major part of the race, she kept me honest and, uh, you know, she ensured that I didn't start out too fast. When we started the race, I was in high spirits. I was just taking in everything, you know, the route went through the corniche. We had already seen a lot of those places the two days before. Party bus. Yes, exactly. On the party bus. (laughs) We had also gone with a, a few friends who are from Lebanon. So they had given us a bit of like history about the places and, you know, things that had happened and stuff. So I was trying to recollect that and trying to take in all of those sights and sounds and, you know, being observant while Mm -hmm. I was running. Because if I kept thinking about the run, it would have become really hard for me. So I was trying to enjoy what I was seeing. Of course, it's not possible the entire time, but. At least at the start, you can do that because you're so fresh. And the other thing that I wanted to like focus on was my fuel and my water. So the Beirut Marathon was quite well organized that way. There were water stops every 2K, food stops every 7K. While I took advantage of the water stops, I had my fuel, uh, you know, just because I have a sensitive stomach and I need to kind of stick to the plan with as far as what nutrition did you bring is concerned. For f- I was training with 
gels. So I had taken my own gels from here and I just Any made particular sure. brand? I think one was Stealth. And, those ones are good. Like uh, yeah, that. those are good. And yeah. then I would have preferred Precision Hydration only because I've heard a lot about it, but it's hard to get Precision Hydration in so the precision UAE. Precision Hydration if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's hard. So anyway, you know, I was training with them here. So I, I stuck to them. And then my tried and tested go-to carb is dates. They're natural. They're actually also very hydrating. Mm -hmm. So they're two in one. So I just kind of alternated between a gel and a couple of dates. It does get very sickening at some point because it's a lot of like sweet sugar. sugar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was my focus, you know, went through a lot of really nice historic streets I think at the five or the six K mark or maybe even much later than that, we went through the street that we had an Airbnb on. So we had a group of people who had come to support us from the UAE and they were all standing on that street cheering us on. That gave me such a boost. It just put me in the right spirits to continue and I'm so indebted to everyone who came out to support it was amazing Uh, and then as we continued unfortunately I had some trouble with my left leg Uh, my IT band had tightened up quite a bit Mm -hmm. so unfortunately it was locking out my leg and it was quite painful I knew that going in I knew that there would be discomfort for a fair bit of my race and so I had mentally prepared myself at some point it did get very hard after the 21 mark but I continued because that was what I had promised myself that I would do so I continued very uncomfortably but I continued there was a lot of elevation on this run Beirut is not flat for anyone who actually signs up for the Beirut International Marathon, please note, it's not flat. Especially towards the end, it gets really hard. But also, I think, you know, when you have a hill, and I've seen this with most races that I've done, there's always that one hill at the end <laughs> that you have to climb. Mm. I think it makes just makes the reward <laughs> a little bit sweeter once you kind of pass through the finish line. So, uh, you know, I, I think at the 3K mark, I had started getting a bit overwhelmed. I think oh, I was sorry, at, what mark? At, the, the, at the end of the race. So like right. at the 3K when, out. 2K out, yeah. 2K out, okay. two, two or 3K out. I had started getting a bit overwhelmed and, you know, my friend Najla was was like, yeah, we're almost there, we're almost there. I'm like, yeah, I think you said I know. That, just... You said that 10 kilometers ago. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think she was in her own world of pain, yeah, yeah. so I let her be, really. <laughs> and so I was beginning to get overwhelmed. I think it was a combination of things. I think I was holding in a lot of pain in my leg and also I was like, oh, we, I'm almost there. And I think my fear of stopping had set in so I think that's why I was slightly overwhelmed I'm like I can't end my race 2k out but I'm also in a lot of pain so I think my brain was battling I was battling with myself at that point however all said and done I kind of get to those hills I know the end is near because those hills I had already you know seen the elevation chart prior to the race And then, yeah, like when I saw the finish line, I'm just like, yeah, it's done. I'm done. And, you know, you get you get wings 
when you see the finish line. So I kind of sprinted to the end, you know, with whatever pain I had. I was like, nope, I'm going to have a strong finish. Mm-hmm. So I sprinted to the end, saw my time on the board. It said, I think, uh, 4 50, 52 or something. And I was like, yeah, okay. You know, it's a, it's a very, very respectable time for a yes, first marathon. Absolutely. So, and then, yeah, passed through and just burst out crying. <laughs> I was so embarrassed, Don. I was so embarrassed. Why? when I don't know, because I'm not that kind of person. I don't cry at the drop of a hat. And so when that happened, I was just like, who is this person? This is not me. <laughs> this is marathoner, Afshan. And then... You know, I mean, obviously, I was like, my legs had seized up. I think I'd lost a lot of salt as well in the process because initially we had thought Beirut would be, the weather would be absolutely amazing. And compared to Dubai, it was, I think it was 26 degrees, but you know, it was toasty for at least for Lebanon, it is toasty. And I was running for like four plus hours, right? So we ended the race at, I think around 11 or something. So it was quite hot at that point, Mm. you know, sun's right above you. So I was walking like really slowly, you know, towards my team who had finished, like a lot of them had already finished their race. Uh, My coach was racing as well and he had finished. He was at the finish line. By that time, I had like composed myself and I'm like, yep, I can do this, you know. And then he walks up to me and I burst out crying again. And I'm just (laughs) like, oh, my God, he comes and he hugs me and I'm like weeping. I'm just like, I don't know what's happening. What is all this waterworks? Where where they come from? But what I also did towards the end was call my dad. That was the first person I called after I crossed the finish line. I called him and I was crying on the phone, of course, just to tell him that I've done it, you know, kind of these three months of like calling you and whining about how tired I am have paid off. (laughs) What did he say to you? He was really proud. Yeah, he was like, I knew you could do it. And, you know, congratulations. Yeah, congrats. Thank you. (laughs) It's a lot of dedication. And I saw firsthand how dedicated you were to this and how tired you were. And of course, it was a very busy time for you and us. And I saw all the hard work that went into it. So yeah, congratulations. Do you look back on the race like and kind of think of, I know we've asked other people this question, but did you have like a favorite moment of the race? Favorite moment? Finishing. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I think a lot of my favorite moments were when I saw familiar faces, uh, you know, during the race. And I was like, I love it. I love the community we built through sport in general. And then even during the race when we were running, I think, uh, you know, because I was running with Najala, there were times when I thought to myself, oh, wow, like, you know, we both are in a fair bit of discomfort at this point, but we're still doing it. I think we need to kind of be grateful for the bodies that we've been given, really. I think without hurting ourselves or harming ourselves too much, I think our bodies, we can pretty much push our bodies to a certain point. And then even during the race, I think some of the people we kind of crossed or crossed paths with, there were a couple of really old men running the race. And we had an opportunity to just turn to them and have a quick chat as to, you know, how old they were. And one of them was like 80 or 85 and he was still running. Yeah, he was still running and he was doing so well. Lebanese guy. I'm not too sure, really. 
I couldn't tell. But he also had like a massive like smile on his face and you know, he didn't seem like it was impacting him in any way and he was just out there to have a good time. And he was doing the full marathon. So uh because you can tell by the color of your bib. Mm-hmm. And we we're like, yeah, that's that's amazing. And every time I look at someone like that, I'm like, yeah, okay, when I'm 80, I really want to be able to do that, right? I still want to be able to at least try and run a marathon. You will. You will. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. For sure. And I guess the race itself too, you know, the atmosphere around the races here are fantastic and yeah. I can imagine in Lebanon, like what was it like the overall kind of vibe of the race and the people competing and you know, the city and people coming out. What was it? it? Was, what was it like? It was amazing. So I think uh, not many people did the full. I think a lot of people did the halves or the 10Ks or there was a family run as well. So as far as I'm aware, I think around 11,000 people signed up for the different races that were happening that day. Mm-hmm. But I think fewer signed up for the marathon. I mean, if you compare it to any other international marathon or even the ones that happen in Dubai for that matter, there weren't crowds of like runners we were quite dispersed there were points like i think after the 20k mark where i didn't see anyone really for a long stretch it was just me and najla running that section however at certain points and usually where the stops were for the water and for the fuel uh, there was a large group of like cheerleaders and there were like you know young young people with signs saying you can do it and like other like motivational signs uh you know which obviously you look at them and like you know it's it's really nice to see them out there volunteering for these events then you had people go you know with with signs like tap here for energy and stuff like that and they'd give you a high five and it's it was nice that way it was really nice there was a lot of energy around the corniche area you know and that was i think at around the 10k 10k mark and you know people were like there was music blasting from everywhere and so yeah i mean i think i really liked it. i just felt like people were really nice there as well yeah so beirut marathon five stars highly recommend <laughs> yeah of course five stars highly recommend for sure wouldn't recommend them for like trying to get any photos but Yeah, otherwise so highly recommend. <laughs> well, you you'll get a full vibe of everyone. You'll yeah, see all exactly, of them when you sort yeah. through them. It was a good flashback when I saw like the folder because I was just going through it and I was just like, "Oh yeah, I was there. I was there." <laughs> so, what's next? When are you signing up for an ultra run? <laughs> I or think your someone, next marathon or well uh, next? next marathon I am looking at what I want to do next year I definitely want to do another marathon and this time want to do it hopefully pain free but I have signed up for a 21 in Jan Uh, okay. that's happening in Jan it's the very famous Dubai Creek Striders which is one of the most scenic right. runs you can have in Dubai and then I may have committed to an ultra distance in May which is again a local challenge by my indoor runs club interesting watch this space <laughs> looking back would you have done anything differently with your training or what will you do different next time i did focus on recovery even while i was training for this one but i think what i wasn't focusing on was a lot of like stretching and rehab 
mm-hmm. and this is my mistake it was always prescribed to me but i then tend to get lazy and i find rehab boring however it came to bite me in my bottom <laughs> and i do not want to make the same mistake again so uh, as soon as i returned i started on a rehab uh, program and i'm seeing physiotherapist and i'm also kind of working on strengthening my glutes and hamstrings more strength work uh, for sure because running needs to be complemented with strength work in mm-hmm. the gym or at home but you have to complement it with strength work for sure you finished your first marathon now what advice would you give to somebody wanting to do marathon the advice that i would give anyone who wants to do a marathon is that i, I think for me consistency was key it also depends on your goals again like if you go back to the bonus episode you'll hear my coach say that anyone can run a marathon at any point it just depends on how easy or how hard it gets for you and what your goal is so i think for my next marathon i feel like i want to give myself more time so that's the advice i would give anyone you know kind of consider also what it takes away or what it may take away from your day to day which means you may have to commit lesser hours to social life uh you know so you'll have to take all of that into consideration so but i would say if you want to run one there's nothing that can stop you really you just have to be disciplined and consistent with it i think that's such an important point about you know considering how it will impact your life overall yeah. and what decisions you have to make because yeah. it's just like a series of decisions right sometimes yeah. you dial up dial down and yeah Yeah, it's a big commitment to train for something like that. So for sure. I think fantastic advice. Summing up your experience one word, the training the race, what would it be? You've put me on the spot here, Don. <laughs> Good. Uh summing it up in one word, I would say contentment. I think achieving this goal and going from not liking running to kind of liking it on the <laughs> fence really and then to kind of commit to a goal and see it through i think i'm very content great yeah excellent any last words before we sign off i just want to tell people that don't look at it as a massive number like a, a marathon can be seen as very daunting if you look at it as 42 kilometers of or 42.2 kilometers of running 200 meters makes a huge difference fyi yes. <laughs> especially when you're tired towards the end but i think if you break it down into more achievable like even while you're on the course if you've got to break it down so even when you're going into it don't look at it as this colossal 42 kilometers you just kind of have to break it down really and yeah it can be done perfect well congrats again thank you yeah really enjoyed hearing about it i don't know if i'll be doing a marathon anytime soon <laughs> i think i'll stick to cycling but i'm excited to see what you're going to do next awesome cool thank you okay. so much Thank you so much for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, we ask that you please share it with family, teammates, friends, and even frenemies or share via social media. Please also leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Five stars only. And visit us on themetalset.com for more stories and resources. Thanks again for listening. Your support means the world to us. Mm-hmm.
This is the metal set. 